everybody. I'm back. We've been teaching on the Beatitudes. Um, do you want your life to be blessed? Uh, Jesus taught about eight types of people that are blessed. And I want to be in that number, don't you? <laughs> to be blessed by the Lord, to live a blessed life, I think is fantastic. So, um, like I said, I'm teaching on the Beatitudes that talk about uh, people that are blessed. And that is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And you'll find that in Matthew, the fifth chapter. So in Matthew 5, 1, in the New Living Translation, it says, One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. So this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus taught it on a mountainside. So that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So you might wonder, well, why is the Sermon on the Mount so important? Well, the most important thing is these are the words of Jesus. Jesus has the words of eternal life. He's our teacher. He's our instructor. So they are very important. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he suffered and died to enable us to live according to his words, according to his, his instructions. Uh, and part of those are on the Sermon on the Mount, are from the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount, there's just nothing that shows us our absolute and ultimate need for the new birth, the Holy Spirit and his work in us, more than the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to say that again. There's nothing that, that shows us our absolute and ultimate need for the new birth, the Holy Spirit and his work in us, more than the Sermon on the Mount. And if you read it and you study it and if you do what it says, the more you'll receive the blessings that he's promised. So we live it, we practice it, and we give it ourselves to it, and the promised blessings will come to you. And that is wonderful. So Jesus never left us in the dark. The Sermon on the Mount tells us what our character and our conduct should be like. And he starts with qualities and traits and characteristics that are on the inside of us or should be on the inside of us. And what's on the inside of us determines what's on the outside of us or our character. So in Matthew 5, verse 3, Jesus said, Blessed are those, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So as you listen to these, the, these Beatitudes, you'll find that these verses are the very foundations of Christianity. And if we look at that word blessed and we look at the definition, it means the sense of joy or happiness that comes from knowing we stand approved before God. It's happy, joyous to be well off, 
a true state of well-being, possessing the favor of God, spiritually spiritually prosperous, and supremely blessed. So that's really awesome. I think it'd be great to be supremely blessed. How about you? So in previous sessions, we've talked about those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, and those who are meek. So I really, really, really encourage you, if you haven't, to listen to those before you listen to today's message, because each beatitude, uh, each one builds on the next, uh, on the one before it. So it, it's kind of like uh, building blocks that um, that you need the foundation, and you need the next one, and then you need the next one. So it's, it's it'd be good to listen to the previous sessions before you listen to this one. So here we go, Matthew 5, 6. We're on this beatitude now. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It's said that this is one of the greatest promises in the whole Bible. It talks about a way that a person can attain to a state that is totally and completely approved by God. It's, it's a state that we are so hungry and so thirsty to be right with God. And we are, we become filled with righteousness because through faith in Jesus Christ. The word hunger and thirst, um, as used right here by Jesus bear a a special significance. It's not the kind of hunger that you feel if you haven't eaten for a little while or if you haven't eaten for maybe even a whole day. The hunger and thirst here that is talked about here is a desperate situation when men and women are starving to death for lack of food or drink. They're underfed and malnourished. To be hungry for righteousness is not enough, not to just be hungry. We must be starving and desperate for righteousness. And that's that's what it's talking about here in this scripture. Uh, Jesus was speaking to people, the people he was talking to on the Sermon on the Mount. He was speaking to people who really understood hunger and thirst better maybe than we do in our day and age here in the United States. If we're hungry here, we just go to our kitchen, open up our pantry, open up our refrigerator, and uh, just get something to eat. Or, you know, we can go to any restaurant or fast food place or our gas station, all kinds of places, Walmart, they all have food and drink, things to eat and drink. But they, the people that Jesus was talking about, were not able to do that. As far as thirst, they were dependent on wells. And they had to walk. They had to leave their house. They had to take their containers. They had to walk to the well. um, And they had to get their water. And that's a big, big uh, job. If any of you have put water in a pitcher, you know that water is extremely heavy. So if you were needing to carry water for a whole day, it was... uh, quite an ordeal. And they lived, you know, where Jesus was teaching. It was an arid climate. So they understood what it was like not to be able to quench their thirst. And also, in addition to the water, food was not as plentiful as it is here. And that day, um, they usually only ate meat once a week. Um, Food was not as abundant as, as it is here. Another example or an example that you can think of when you're when you're thinking about this this desperate kind of hunger and search uh, hunger and thirst you can think about like the concentration camps during the Holocaust the people were so hungry that they would eat 
and drink anything. Hungry and thirsty, they would eat and drink anything uh, just to quench, quench that hunger and that thirst. They would eat grass, they would eat bugs, they would eat dirt, and they would eat, eat even worse. So we can see that hunger and thirst is a, is a very, very strong driving force. Um, they ate and drank things that you couldn't even mention because they were so hungry and so thirsty. And when they were liberated, the, the people that were fortunate to still be alive when they were liberated, when they were liberated and they were able to eat, they just went absolutely crazy throughout the camp looking for food, uh, looking for things to eat. Um, and a lot of them even got sick because they ate too much. Think about a, 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 a baby <laughs> when they're hungry. What do they do? They cry, they scream, they get red in the face, you know, and if they, if their needs aren't met quickly, they, um, they let you know about it. And that's the kind of hunger and thirst we should have for God. Um, this is the kind of hunger and thirst that brought the prodigal son home that's mentioned in the Bible in Luke 15. He, um, had left his home. He had left his fortune and, um, he had squandered his fortune and he ended up eating the husks that were fed to the pigs. So he was not eating well at all. He wasn't having enough to eat. So he was hungry. He was desperate to eat. And he was so desperate to eat that he was able to repent of his sins, swallow his pride, and turn back to his father. You know, hunger and thirst are the, the most powerful driving forces known to man. So um, that's in the natural. They should be that way in our spiritual lives also. You know, uh, in this world, this world, you know, is seeking to fill our spiritual hunger and thirst with all kinds of things to make us happy. And uh, we think happiness will quench that spiritual thirst that we have. But we should never seek happiness. True happiness comes from seeking God. If you put happiness before righteousness, you'll never get it. You know, mankind tries to fill that spiritual hunger with all different kinds of things and has um, basically since creation uh, tried to fill it with romance and jobs and sports and success and possessions, family, all kinds of different things. It's probably different for each individual person. They try to fill that spiritual hunger with something else. Uh, but just as my body must have food and drink to survive, my spirit must be sustained by Christ's life, his presence, his power, and his righteousness. There's a couple of examples uh, in the uh, Bible of people that were hungry for God. In Psalm 42, verse 1, in the Amplified Bible, Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, as the heart pants and longs for the water brook, so I pant and long for you, O God. My inner self thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold, and behold the face of God? See, David wrote this, and he was hungry, and he was thirsty for fellowship with God. He was hungry and thirsty to uh, be before God, to worship God. And this is the kind of hunger and thirst that we, we should have. In Psalm 63, verse 1 in the NIV, it says, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no hunger, no water. So the psalmist again is talking about how hungry and how thirsty he is for God. 
In Psalm 107.9 in the NLT, it says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So God promises us if we're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, that we will be filled. Simply said, to hunger and thirst after righteousness is to desire to be free from ourselves in all its selfishness and to be full of God, his, all of his love and forgiveness and to, to hunger and, and thirst after being right in right standing before God. Uh, Jesus said in John 6, 35, he said, uh, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I have a question for you. Are you hungry and thirsty to be right before God? Are you, are you desperate to be right before him and right standing before him, to be able to stand uh, before him without fault because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? That's where God wants us to be. So to summarize the first four Beatitudes, the Bible says that we are supremely blessed when we understand that we are in absolute spiritual poverty without the Lord. That's being poor in spirit. When we mourn because of our sin and in the sins of our society, it says, blessed are you who mourn. When we submit ourselves to God and to his will, we are supremely blessed. That's being meek. Blessed are the meek. We submit ourselves to God. And when we are desperately hungry and thirsty for being in a right relationship with God, the Bible says if we do those things, if we are, are do those things, we'll be supremely blessed because we'll have the kingdom of heaven. We will be comforted. We will inherit the earth and we will be filled so the believer is filled by the Holy Spirit because of Christ and as a result should be fully satisfied no matter what the circumstances are. Uh, one who uh, follows the, these Beatitudes is one whose satisfaction comes from God and not from any favorable circumstances that we have. Uh, it's a person who has the kingdom of God within their own heart. So I just encourage you today, if you've never really been hungry or thirsty before uh, for God, for his righteousness, for, for being in right standing with the Lord, I just encourage you to, to start praying and start seeking God and, and just, just be so hungry to know him, to know the power of his resurrection, to know his healing power, to know his forgiveness. And the Bible says that you will be filled. You will be filled. So I hope that this has helped you. Um, as Pastor Terry said on Sunday, we're going to be taking the month of June off. So we'll see you back um, right after Independence Day with more on the Beatitudes. And Pastor Terry will have something on Sunday mornings too, something great. So uh, God bless you. Have a great June. Be blessed and be hungry for God. Bye-bye.